Good morning, First Church. Would you join with me in a word of prayer? Let's pray. Almighty God, this day, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, shaking us to new life in you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning, church. It is Easter Resurrection Sunday morning. It is a time to celebrate and to give thanks. Finally, after all this time, after all of these weeks of journeying with Jesus, finally, we have reached this point. We have journeyed with Christ from before time to his preteen years, to the celebration of his baptism, to him wrestling with temptation in the desert with Satan, to journeying with Jesus in the fullness of humanity and watching him perform miraculous healings in our world. And then this past week, we have journeyed with Jesus through the final events of his life. We watched him ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. We celebrated with him and his closest friends at their final meal. We watched Jesus struggle and wrestle with God about what God was gonna have him to do in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we've experienced the excruciating crucifixion of Christ himself in his death. But now, church, now on this day, we come and we celebrate that Christ is alive. We gather together in celebration this day to celebrate the reality of the resurrection. And so with a joyful heart, I say to you this morning, Happy Easter! Happy Easter! Happy Easter? Feels a little weird, doesn't it? It is a very different kind of Easter resurrection celebration experience for us here this morning, isn't it? We are so used to gathering in our facilities. We're so used to gathering in our beautiful building and dressing in our Easter best. We're used to getting together with so many other people and coming together and celebrating and singing our most favorite hymns. For us at First Church, we're used to coming together and celebrating and singing the Hallelujah Chorus. And it's a glorious and marvelous and wonderful time. But not this Easter. This Easter is different. And so, yeah, we come and we celebrate together and we exclaim, Happy Easter. And it is a happy Easter. But there's also a sense of almost loss as we gather together today, not experiencing it as we usually do. But it's kind of ironic as we come together here this morning, because one of the things that we start to realize is also at the very first Easter, that first morning when it was discovered that Jesus himself had defeated death, they also that morning did not gather in a building. They also that morning did not have an organ they also that morning did not celebrate with their favorite hymns. They also that morning did not have large gatherings of people in celebration. There was no hallelujah chorus that first resurrection morning. That first resurrection morning, it was magnificent because death had been defeated. But I think when we look carefully, there was also more grief, more uncertainty, more anxiety than perhaps we realized on that first resurrection morning. I don't know about you all, but who would have thought we would have been celebrating Easter this way just a few weeks ago? I know I certainly did not feel that way. 
But as a result of the current circumstances we are going through, it's caused me to read the Easter story and the resurrection story differently this year than any other time in my life. And maybe that's been the case for you as well. That first resurrection morning was absolutely magnificent because death had been defeated. But I think one of the things that we fail to realize is that there was also more grief, more uncertainty, and more anxiety than perhaps we realize happening on that first resurrection morning as well. The events of this year, especially for Easter, have caused me to read the scriptures differently than I ever have before. I've noticed some things and some things have stood out more to me than I've ever noticed before. And one of those things has been that there is more grief and uncertainty and anxiety than what we would normally expect. And maybe some of us are feeling that today. Maybe we have our own sense of loss because we don't get to gather in our building together. We don't get to celebrate with everyone else in the ways that we normally do. We don't get to celebrate and dress up in our Easter best. Jen and I were laughing the other day because she was talking about what it would mean to pick out an Easter dress this year. And we saw one of those uh, advertisements online. And what it was was really an advertisement for different colored nightgowns. And Jennifer jokingly said that maybe that would be her Easter dress this year, just a matter of picking out the right color. Who would have thought just a few weeks ago that that would be our conversation going into Easter this year? But that's where we find ourselves. But again, scripture has a way of speaking into our lives, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves. And so I want to invite us again to hear the words that we've already gone through a little bit this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. And as I read these words, listen to what is happening here this morning with Mary. Here's what it says. John 20, verses 1 and 2. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Now notice it says in scripture, while it was still dark. I think the reference to dark here this morning is twofold. It's not just physical darkness. I think there's also emotional darkness. Because picture what's happening for Mary here this morning. She's going to the tomb while it's still dark outside. You know what darkness does. It can be unsettling. It can even be scary. Noises that we hear in the daytime are fine, but those same noises when it's dark outside, suddenly it's a little different. It raises our anxiety level, maybe even makes us a little, little bit fearful. So here's Mary coming in darkness this morning, physical darkness, but I think there's also emotional darkness. She has just watched Jesus die. She is going to the tomb because she believes Jesus is dead. Can you imagine the grief she's feeling? Can you imagine the anxiety as she's going in the physical darkness with the darkness that's on her own heart? And then we're going to discover she gets to the tomb only to discover the stone has been rolled away. The tomb has been ripped open. Now, on the one hand, that's great because we're going to discover Jesus isn't in the tomb. But can you imagine going to the graveside of a loved one and seeing that cemetery plot ripped up? That's what it would have been like for Mary. Can you imagine the anxiety and the fear that she's got going on here? Her heart is heavy. There's uncertainty about what's going on. 
as she gets there to the tomb. So then she gets there, she discovers all this, and then we hear in verses 3 through 10 this interesting little encounter where Mary goes and she gets Peter and John. And I love this part of the story. Essentially, Peter and John come running. John outraces Peter. He gets to the tomb first. He goes in. Peter finally gets there. They look around. They survey the scene. Empty tomb. Stone rolled away. Linens lying everywhere. Jesus isn't here. And then we're told they pick up and leave. We're told they look around. Jesus isn't here. He must be alive. And off they go. In other words, they came. They saw. They believed. They left. Bing, bang, boom. And off they go. If John and Peter, if they believed in that moment, great. And, and I, I, I believe they did. But I wonder if there was a part of Peter and John in those moments that they were just a little too unsettled in the darkness, in the emptiness of the tomb. I wonder if they were maybe just a little spooked. And so they came quickly and they left quickly but not Mary. Look what Mary does. In verse 11, this is what we're told. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. In other words, unlike Peter, unlike John, she lingered. She stayed in her grief. And as a result, she not only saw the angels, she saw the risen Lord who came to her and called her by name. Peter and John, they rushed to the tomb, they rushed away, no direct encounter with the risen Lord, but not Mary on this day when we have our own forms of grief and our own forms of anxiety going on and our own forms of uncertainty to know that even in those places, Jesus comes and meets us. Jesus comes and calls us by name, which means resurrection happens no matter where we are. Resurrection happens whether we're in our buildings or out of our buildings. Resurrection happens whether life is going well or life is really hard. Resurrection happens no matter what. No matter if we're filled with tremendous joy and excitement, or even on a day like today where Easter's a little or a lot different and our hearts might be a little heavier than normal and we're huddled only with our families and using computer screens, even then, maybe especially then, resurrection still happens. Church, it's okay today to come and say, it's a different kind of Sunday and it's a different kind of Easter. But let me assure you, resurrection still occurs. It's so powerful to me that on this first Resurrection Sunday, that Mary, as she's just pausing there and lingering and continuing to look into the empty tomb, that in that place, Jesus meets her. Church today, how can we, no matter what we're feeling or going through or experiencing, how can we continue to focus on the empty tomb that we also might experience the risen Lord who also calls us by name? In fact, I'd like to even ask you, where is it in your life you need to linger? Where is it in your life that you're tempted to just want to rush on? But it's in the lingering that we offer encounter this risen Lord. 
And so I want to invite you this morning to pause, to linger where you need to linger, and let Jesus meet you there. I invite you this morning, even if you want right now in the chat, list one of those places you need to linger. Is it a particular situation? Is it with another person? Is it something weighing heavy on your heart? Whatever it might be, we just invite you to go ahead and list it there so that we can be praying for you, so that we can be aware, so that we can pray for resurrection to happen in the lingering. Even in our places of uncertainty and grief and anxiety because the risen Lord still calls us by name. Don't ever forget, church, resurrection, it's, inta- it's intended to happen everywhere, everywhere. That means we celebrate and we experience resurrection not just on special occasions and not just in our beautiful church facilities, as awesome as they are, but also on Tuesday evenings in our homes on Wednesday mornings in our schools, on Thursday afternoons in our city, on any day, even when fighting a pandemic, resurrection still occurs. Today, we are reminded, church, that the risen Lord shows up wherever we are and with whatever we are going through. And this risen Lord still calls us by name. So my invitation to you on this Easter Resurrection Sunday, church, is to linger a little longer. Don't just zip in and zip out. Don't just quickly watch and be a part of this service and this worship experience and then move on. I invite you to linger, lest we miss being called by name, being met by the risen Lord in our lingering. Some of you know that last year, uh, my family had a chance to do something that had always been something we wanted to do, cross off our bucket list. We went to a Duke basketball game together. And the game that we happened to go to last year featured a star player by the name of Zion Williamson. Uh, He was amazing as a freshman at Duke, but since that time, he's gone on to the NBA and he's already set a number of records as an NBA rookie. He's having a phenomenal season. We last year made the trip to go watch Duke play another team. And when we went there, it was a great day. We enjoyed the day, but it was a long trip to get to the game. Then we watched the game. It was late at night. And when the game was over, we had a choice. Get going right away or stay in the hopes that maybe the players would come back out and we get a little extra time with them. Well, I was tired. It had been a long day. I convinced myself that there's no way the players were going to come back out and that we'd get much time with them. So we decided to leave. It was only a little later that I was talking to one of my cousins who also happened to be at that game, which was another whole set of circumstances. And she explained to me, they decided to wait when the game was over. And not only did all the players come back out on the floor, but they started signing autographs and she and her sons were able to get a specific autograph from Zion Williamson. (laughs) So because they stayed after the game, because they lingered, they were noticed by name by Zion, who gave them his time and attention. Today, church, I invite you not to just rush on. I invite you to linger in the presence of the risen Christ and to know he still calls us by name. Church, this time we're going through, 
it's temporary. It will pass. And you know how I know that? Because today the tomb is empty. Today, Jesus is alive. And today, Jesus meets us right where we are, calling us by name to share in his good and holy and wonderful resurrected life. So today, church, let's celebrate it. Let's experience it. The tomb is still empty. And because of that, it is a good, good day. It is a wonderful day to celebrate the resurrection together. And so with a joyful heart of gratitude, I say to you all, happy Easter, happy resurrection. Jesus Christ is alive. Let us celebrate it together. Amen and amen.